This is Rabbi Daniel Yalkut of Knesset Beth Israel in Richmond, Virginia, with the Dvar Torah and Parshas Korach. We tend to often see the Rishayim, the wicked of Tanakh, in a cartoonish light, seeing them as dark caricatures of evil, as rabble-rousers, and that this treatment shields us from internalizing their messages for us. Because the truth is, a proper Torah analysis of the wicked will often reveal a frightening mirror to pitfalls and problems that we can see in our own souls as well. Korach had such issues. The Medrash depicts Korach as having a very specific agenda. In, in Bamid Bar Rabbah, Korach is depicted as coming to Moshe with a talus shakul tcheles, a talus composed of the blue material that the Torah mandates that the tzitzis must be woven of. And demanding of Moshe, does a talus made purely of tcheles require additional tzitzis? And does a house that's filled with, with Torah scrolls and with books of Torah learning, does it require a mezuzah on the doorpost? When Moshe responded in the affirmative, Korach said, this could not be the will of God. This is your own personal concoction. Now, at first blush, this doesn't appear in the Pesukim at all. But on a closer examination, what the Midrash is really doing is amplifying Korach's basic contention. Korach says, The entire congregation is totally holy, and God is in their midst. What Korach is saying is that God revealed himself to the whole Jewish people on Mount Sinai, that everyone had a connection to God, that they are themselves a house filled with Sifrei Torah, a talus totally woven of Tcheles, and the idea that somehow Moshe and Aaron are necessary as some type of religious hierarchy is as superfluous as an extra blue thread or an extra mezuzah on the doorpost of a house already filled with Sifrei Torah. And this claim of Korach's was compelling enough to bring over 250 of the leaders of the Jewish people to his side as well. And in fact, Hasidic stories teach us that the Abderav, who claimed to recall his past lives during the time of the generation of the Jews in the desert, told a grandchild that he was neutral in the controversy between Moshe and Korach. Because Korach's arguments were so compelling, his arguments for the beauty of the Jewish people and the sanctity of the Jewish people were such that he could not decide who was in the right. And the truth is, Jewish tradition promises that in the end, this will be the fate of the Jewish people. The Gemara in the end of Masechus Tanis prophesizes that God will eventually make a dance for the righteous in the end of time, and all will point with their fingers and say, this is the God that we waited for, and he saved us. Kabbalah explains that what this means is that in the end of time, every Jew will have the same connection to God, just as, every, just as in a circle dance, every point on the outside of the circle is connected to the center. Karach was a utopian. He had a dream of something which really was part of the Torah's vision for the end of time. What he did not reckon with is that what halacha does is it tames our utopian desires and puts them in a framework where we can grow slowly towards those ends. Because the truth is Korach, like many revolutionaries, whether those in France in the 19th century or in Russia in the 20th century, was so dazzled and seduced by his vision of utopia that he tried to rip down the Torah in the process. What we have to learn from Korach is that however lofty our goals are, we must check them by the details of the Torah. Shabbat Shalom.